0: Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast, presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter is at Mac Sports. Instagram is also at Immac Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 144. Recording this on Monday night. Nuggets just won the finals. Uh, oh yeah, a little bit of a shorter one this week. The usual MLB stuff. We'll get into that, and then second half NBA Finals, more in depth again jokic mvp store performance probably won't see anything like that for a while or if ever
1: but yeah let's get into it yeah it's a bit of a weird start time for me and scalar we're both busy with work these next couple of days so a little 8 30 p.m start time probably the latest we've ever started a show but maybe the earliest in the week that we've ever started a show because i don't think we've ever done an episode on monday uh, but there's a first for everything so, uh, let's get that started with the opener. And my opener is going to be two things. It's going to be Eddie la Cruz, who is going ham in his first week at the big leagues. He had an 0 for 5 today for the Reds. Uh, but besides that, he has been absolutely amazing. And we're, I'm not going to hop into any, you know, home run, RBI stats, nothing like that. I just want to go over some numbers with you. Eddie la Cruz in his first week. Uh, MLB baseball has the two hardest hit balls by any Red this year. He has the six fastest sprint times of any Reds player this year, and he has the hardest ball thrown across the diamond this year for the Reds as well too. Uh, we said Statcast darling for this guy last week. Yeah, he's a Statcast god. That's what he is. It's not just darling. He is the poster boy for Statcast. And then the other opener that I have, let's talk about the A's, man. When of a five in a row, first five game win streak, technically since the beginning of this year, when the A's won opening day with the last four games of 2022, that's technically a five game win streak. Uh, but if you want to be real technical about it and just five consecutive games, not over that year break, then uh, we go back to 2021 when the A's were competitive throughout the entire season. So Good five-game stretch for the A's right now. Currently winning 4-3 to three over the Rays in the top of the seventh right now. We'll see how this ends up turning out. But yeah. it's good to see the A's are playing well.
0: All right. The best thing I've seen over the past week, um, obviously the A's would be at the top, but I, I knew you had them. So but college baseball. Uh, hometown hero, Nick Proctor, pitching for the South Carolina Gamecocks this weekend. Um, struck out a guy. Got two-thirds of an inning out of the eighth, but they ended up losing, gave up a run. It was unfortunate, but uh, it's just great to see, you know, he, out of all of the friends I have, at least, he's gone the farthest, uh, you know, College World Series-wise, and great season for him. Wherever he ends up, good luck. It's just, it's cool to see some of these guys are still twirling it.
1: Yeah. College Baseball World Series, those regionals, super regionals that have been going on these past few weeks, been yeah. super fun to watch. So if uh, you're looking to watch some sports and you haven't watched college baseball yet, go venture to that sport because it, it's a lot of fun to watch. And it's uh, you know, if you think baseball is boring, it's college baseball is not, especially when it's this far into the season. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get into where's your head at though, because that's what you guys are all here for. Starting off of player pitcher rookie of the week. Last week we didn't do this because we ended up doing uh player pitcher rookie of the month. So. All these stats are kind of new to us. Yeah. Who is your, we'll go, we'll go pitcher of the week because I think there might be a similar guy for a rookie and uh,
0: Yeah. player. Uh, I'm going to go with Corbin Burns as my pitcher of the week. Eight shutout innings against Baltimore. Only gave up two hits, struck out nine. Great outing from him.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with a guy who had two starts and two wins and didn't give up a run. And that's Taiwan Walker. Uh, only 12 innings over two starts. So Six solid in both of them, I assume. Uh, four hits, no runs, no hits batsmen, which is good. Uh, 13 Ks, uh, five walks in there, but obviously it doesn't really matter if you're not giving up runs. And two wins for the Phillies who have been kind of struggling to get those Ws on the uh, standings so far this year. So someone yeah. Walker turning around from his slow start at the beginning of the year gets the pitch- pitcher of the week nod for me. Uh, let's go ahead and get into rookie and player of the week. Scott. do you have the person that I'm thinking about here?
0: No, I actually have co-winners Ooh. for rookie. Okay. Yeah, Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson, co-winners this week, almost identical stats, both over 500 batting average with 10 hits in their 20-plus uh, at-bats. Both had three homers, stole a couple bases. It's It was too close for me to pick one, so I got co-winners.
1: That's, that's valid. I went with Corbin Carroll solely. And uh, yeah, he's been dominating. He's been probably a top five player in the big leagues. Now, if you want to look at the full season stats uh, and he will be on both of our top left fielder lists that we will get into here in just a minute or so your player of the week. Scaler J Ram
0: so. four homers this week, eight ribbies, three of those homers in one game. Glad to see he's back on the right track because uh, we're used to seeing this like every other week from him and it just hasn't been happening. So good for him. Monster week.
1: Co-players of the week for me. Uh, One being Corbin Carroll and his insane week that he had. And then also J-Ram for that three homer game. Anytime you see a three homer game, you got to throw him on the list. So uh, congrats to Corbin Carroll and J-Ram as both those guys are heating up a lot. Especially J-Ram because he's been Yes, not not sucking in the part of the season, but he hasn't been as good as what we've expected out of him to start the season and the guardians in general. Uh, But let's go ahead and get into our top 10 left fielders. This is an interesting list because when you look at outfield spots, a lot of guys are able to play, you know, left field and right field, left field, center field, left field DH, whatever it is. You don't really see a specific guy playing left field. Every single day, day in, day out. So how did we determine who's a left fielder and who's not? We did it based off of what MLB.com specifically has. So you won't be seeing Jordan Alvarez on here. You won't be seeing Eloy Jimenez. You won't be seeing Brent Rooker. Uh, Those guys DH. Yeah, those guys DH or play right field, whatever MLB.com has about them. Uh, You'll see those guys eventually on a list, I assume, at some point once we get to those other positions. But uh, so, you know, if you don't see Jordan... You know, don't scream at us because he's not technically a left fielder, according to MLB.com. But without further ado, let's get into the list, starting off with some honorable mentions. Skylar, do you have anybody you want to talk about here?
0: Yeah, there's three guys I wanted to mention here. A couple guys who probably will be back on this list at some point. Just off to slower starts than usual. Ian Happ, Stephen Kwan, great on-base guys. And also Brian De La Cruz of the Marlins, a guy I picked to be a surprise you know, rising star this season. And I had him at the 10 spot until I found my real number 10s power numbers this season. Mm -hmm. And we'll get
1: into that. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I have four honorable honorable mentions I want to talk about. Uh, First of which is Jake Fraley. Who's a really fun guy to watch play. Mm -hmm. I think he's getting better and better. Just like everybody on that uh, Cincinnati Reds team, high walk rate, strikeout rates, getting lower and lower each season uh, plays, Decent defense as well, too. Uh, and, and bats well at the top of the order when he's playing for Cincinnati. Next guy, Stephen Kwan. He's been absolutely feeble this year, uh, but he was amazing last year. And he's probably the best defensive left fielder there is in the game right now. So Stephen Kwan cracks the list, uh, but defense doesn't have a ton of value here because it is the position of left, of left field and you need to be yeah. raking uh, for the main thing there. Uh, next one is Christian Yelich, who has been, you know, Slightly above average for three years now at this point, but it seems like he's doing worse because we we were so used to him being, you know, MVP level type dude for a couple of years over there in Milwaukee. So he's still good, just not nearly as good as what he once was. Last guy, I guess the last two guys are two former top prospects who have been going ham this year, but we'll see if they can keep it up through the entire season. That's Jake Bowers and Mickey Moniak. Uh, who Respect were busts coming into the season uh right now you know they're playing well for their respective teams obviously it's very early for them they don't even have that you know full sample size of you know over 100 at bats or anything like that so just wanted to mention those two dudes who probably won't ever be mentioned again on these lists unless they keep it up for the rest of their career uh but yeah let's get into number 10
0: all right number 10 i got kyle Schwarber. And it's kind of a a complete flip on what we were just talking about in our honorable mentions, because this guy doesn't play a great left field. This guy doesn't get on base as well as most at his position, but he he just rakes. He hits moonshots, 17 homers this year. And that's enough for me because uh, we were just talking about this. Kyle Schwarber was great in the playoffs, even though he had a low average. He had some clutch hits and that's all you need, at least for me, to be in the top 10 at the position.
1: Number ten for me is going to be Jared who uh, who is off to a insane start to the season. It has since cooled down quite a bit, but it's still, you know, hanging around that 800 OPS mark. Uh, the reason why I have him so low on this list and not, you know, up at the seven, eight, nine spot even uh, is because his his strikeout rate and his walk rate. I mean, 8.5 walk isn't terrible, but the 32.5 strikeout rate is something that is abysmal and when you look at his swing you understand it because there's a lot of moving parts in his swing and he keeps his hands really low uh when he loads and then from there he can sometimes be quite a bit late on the ball uh so the strikeout rate makes sense of what he's doing and i think he's okay with it too considering what his career trajectory was going into the season and where it is now mm. uh, but Kellnick comes in at the number 10 spot on my top 10 left fielder's list on the number nine
0: Number nine, I got Masataka Yoshida from the Red Sox. uh, First season in MLB, coming over from Japan. And another guy who just flat out rakes. He's around 300 this season, if not over right now. I don't remember. Last time I checked. But um, he's great. And again, it obviously has room to grow on this list, too, because there are some guys on here who obviously aren't having as good of a season. And I'll get into that. But for now, Yoshida, number nine.
1: Number nine for me is going to be where I slot Ian Happ. Uh, And before I really get into a lot of the guys in this list, I'm primarily just going off of numbers this year because I think last year was a very inconsistent season for a lot of these guys when you look at the names on this list, especially the guys at the top of the list. And it also gets a little bit finicky with the guys playing left field last year because that stuff kind of changes year to year as well too. Uh, So with the – you know, list changing so much, much. I wanted to base it more primarily off of this year. Ian Happ usually would probably be a guy up towards six or seven on this list, but with this season, he's been down a little bit, still a great player, uh, walking a ton at 16.5%, which is second among qualified left fielders. Strikeout rate. 24.1 is, you know, okay to go with if you have that such high of a walk rate, uh, dude's a solid all around player switch hitter. Of course, as well too, is something you got to point out uh, and kind of been manning that left field spot for the Cubs now for five to six years at this point, it feels like
0: on a number eight, number eight. I got Austin Hayes of Baltimore. Uh, you know, a guy who you don't really think about a lot when you're talking about outfield rankings, but he's quietly been one of the best hitters in the American league over the past year and a half. Similar with when we were talking about the third baseman's, you know, some guys just stick around and he is. He's still hitting 300. He's having a great season. Top 10 for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't put this guy on your list because you absolutely love him. And when you said honorable mention, I was absolutely shocked to hear it. Brian De La Cruz, number I eight.
0: Did. He's You're honorable mention. Oh, so, oh, I thought you meant that I didn't mention him at all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He was
1: almost 10. He's 11 for me. I was shocked. Uh, Brian De La Cruz comes in at number eight for me he's been on an absolute tear of his past month. He's one of those dudes who I feel like there's actually quite a few guys like this in the Marlins lineup who are either insanely hot or insanely cold. And he is exactly one of those dudes uh, has a ton of power when he's bearing the ball, ball up, but he also strikes out over 25% of the time, which is just not a great stat to have. Uh, he's not going to be a guy who walks a ton, only coming at 8%, uh, but he's got that, you know, ton of pop, like we were mentioning. Uh, 123 WRC plus this year is ranks 12th among left fielders, but there's a few guys above him on this list, like Nick Prado and Rob Refsnyder, who we're not mm. going to see on, <laughs> uh, on this list, technically based off of what Van has going on. So uh Brandon Cruz comes into number eight slot for me. Number seven.
0: Number seven. I got Kellenic. I'm a little more convinced that what he's doing now is sustainable compared to last season. I think he just needed some time to figure out how to hit in his style in the bigs while also keeping a little bit of a batting average. He knows he can't beat Kyle Schwarber if he wants to stay. He's got to hit a little bit and he's always going to strike out like you were saying, but I'm a little more convinced he's a uh, closer to the pure hitter. We thought he would be
1: number seven for me is going to be a dude who has been an absolutely pure hitter in his 58 games since coming over from Japan and that's Masataka Yoshida. Uh a 10% strikeout rate is I think the lowest as far as any of these dudes and when you look at a dude I I know you know Japan and the MLB have gotten increasingly closer when it comes to talent level but when you come to the MLB and you strike out 10% of the time in your first season that's something you got to be talking about and he's hitting 300 while doing it too. And it's only going to get better co- considering how bad the first few weeks of his season were. Uh, when he was hitting like one, one fifty for the Red Sox until he went crazy in Milwaukee, hit a couple homers in one inning, I think, and then uh, took off mm-hmm. from there. So Masataka Yoshida comes in at number seven. He would be higher on this list for me, but this motherfucker can't field for shit. So uh, uh, ceiling of you, uh-huh. know, I'd say four or five when when I look at the guys on this list, but uh, still. Definitely got to mention the 29 year old rookie Masatake Yoshida has been going ham for the Red Sox. Yeah.
0: Number six. I got Gurriel of the diamondbacks. So number six, uh, just destroying the ball this year, your classic corner outfielder where he hasn't been walking very much, but the OPS is still third for left fielders. Um, great trade for them. Bar show, not doing much um, over in Toronto. He's not on our list playing left field. So, Man, good for Arizona. You know, I I was wrong. They look really good.
1: Yeah, that trade that trade's working out pretty well for uh for the Diamondbacks. So yeah. the bar has been slowly ticking it up over these last few weeks with a, a bit more power coming in. Uh number six for me though is gonna be where I put Austin Hayes. Uh this dude has grown immensely over the last few years. He uh has kind of changed who he is as a hitter. Even though he's kind of got the same, you know, strikeout walk rate, mm. he's gotten a lot more power, or not a lot more power. He's gotten a bit less power, I'd say, and became more of a contact hitter uh, while still maintaining a decently hard hit rate. Just not on the same, I don't know, approach, I would say, for him is something that's changed. Hitting over 300 is something that's definitely uh, something we got to note. Uh, Babip yeah. over 370, so maybe a bit of luck there, but that's, you know, he's hitting the ball hard in play. Uh, which is something you want to see strike rate at 24% walk rate down at 6% is pretty rough, but he's also a great fielder when it comes to playing left field. And that's something that especially in Baltimore, you got to value now with how big that left field is. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, Austin Hayes comes in at number six. Let's get to the top half of the list, starting it off with number five.
0: I have Christian Yelich still at number five and it's uh, for a reason you brought up earlier he has been an above average outfielder above average player in baseball for the past three or four years now even after the MVP season and that's a lot more than the other guys on this list can say I I still like what Christian Yelich is doing obviously he's not going to win the MVP he's not going to hit 300 like like our other guys down down the list are but there's something about him uh, he deserves to be in the top half he's still a premier player in my opinion
1: I think that's a stretch but uh respectable i like okay. christian yelich a lot so I'll, I'll let you put put him there without much objection uh number five is going to be where i slot brian reynolds of the pittsburgh pirates who has been playing in left field this year with the emergence of g1 bay being an amazing fielder in center field so he's playing in the left field after he got that extension uh 122 wrc plus this year is a bit down for brian reynolds uh but he's still an amazing hitter nonetheless. Nine point four walk rate, eighteen point one K rate are both in I'd say right around average slots for, for both those both those statistics. In two eighty, slugging percentage at four seventy-four. It's an all-around great player. We know he's kind of got that five tool ability about him too. And now he's locked up in Pittsburgh for a team that is gonna get better and better as the years go by and other guys continue to get healthy as Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez continue mm-hmm. to progress up the ladder in the minor leagues.
0: Number four. Number four is where I got Brian Reynolds. And uh, I, I just think that he's, he's playing a little bit below that new contract, but I also think it's okay because Pittsburgh didn't really have a, a set year. They wanted to start winning and now they do because they're starting to lock guys up. This is big. He's obviously, not going to, you know, slump forever. And it's not like he's even slumping. He's having a great year. He's the fourth left fielder. Um good for him in Pittsburgh. It, it's it's just kind of a perfect fit.
1: Yeah. He's not a Yankee, which is good to yeah. see. Uh number 4 Lourdes Gurriel Jr is going to be where I put or who I put at number 4. It was kind of crazy about Lourdes Gurriel. He's got that same you know, peripheral of, you know, striking out, not a lot, but also not walking a ton. He's just hitting the ball a lot harder this year and he's hitting over 300. He's got more power in the bat, slugging percentage just below 550. WRC plus in at 139. Uh, and like we were talking about earlier, that Bar show trade looks to be panning out perfectly for the Diamondbacks because when you look at it, and what we all thought kind of right is, that trade happened is, you know, you're getting Gabriel Moreno for Dalton bar show. And that seemed to be like the headliner of that any he probably still is the headliner. when you look at career trajectory, but Lord Gurriel was kind of just that toss in utility guy that kind of helps fill up holes in the diamondbacks. He's in third, he's in like right in the middle of the order for them. So Lord Gurriel jr. It's been amazing. Uh, and it's not too often. We see two left fielders in the top four, uh, for for from one team yeah that's what's gonna happen for the arizona diamondbacks uh, i'm not sure exactly how that's happening and why they haven't changed one of their positions or whatever but uh i don't know i guess it works on to number three number three
0: i got randy rosarina tampa bay we're watching them right now against the a's um number two OPS for left fielders having the, the 12 homers while keeping 290 batting average is amazing if there weren't a couple other guys in the american league who were doing things no one's ever done he'd he'd have some mvp votes just a great season for randy he's back i'm glad he's going to be a staple it wasn't just uh you know uh, one crazy run
1: yeah Uh, i think at this point we've kind of gotten to the i I mean i guess like i wouldn't be upset if somebody had brian reynolds at three especially if you're from pittsburgh or had Yoshida at three. If you're from Boston and you don't really know shit about baseball, but uh, (laughs) the top three, I'd say Randy and then the mix of whoever you want to put in what order, Carol or Soto. uh, Those are our top three. I think you can say that pretty definitively definitively. And Randy's my three as well too. He's been amazing this year. 158 WRC plus is just absolutely unreal. His, I know people say, you know, clutch isn't real. It's just, you know, a coincidence that all this stuff is happening. But when you watch this dude hit, there's no way it's a coincidence. He just gets better when the lights are brighter. And he's been absolutely amazing in that situation. And he's been amazing all throughout this entire year. Typical raised player, high walk rate, decent strikeout rate as well, too, for for what the power is that you're going to be getting from him. So uh, Randy Rosarena coming
0: a little in. Bit, uh, yeah, a little bit off topic, but I feel like we've been needing – some more guys like this in baseball. I feel like our postseason series haven't been as dramatic as they were in maybe the late two thousands, you know, cause it's just, you know, say it's a a one run game in the seventh. It'll just play out the same way. Cause everyone's got nasty relievers.
1: You know, yeah, there's no, crazy I, I guess the bullpen is definitely something that's, that's ticked up, especially of course, velocity is, yeah. you know, blossomed in every aspect of the game. But, uh, yeah, you're not seeing, I don't know, Chad Bradford coming into in the eighth inning to finish You know, bridge a game. You're seeing I don't know, Yanir Cano or Ryan Helsley who aren't even closers on their team and throwing 100 plus miles per hour and just being completely dominant for teams. So, uh, yeah, Randy got three. This is the fun part. This might be where me and Skyler disagree. Yeah. Get into number two. All
0: right. So, number two, I do have Corbin Carroll. I, I think he's having a better season than Juan Soto. But... Juan Soto has the best eye we maybe we've ever seen in baseball. He Barry has, Bonds, <laughs> we I was four when he broke the home run record. So, We're
1: not four when he broke the home run record
0: 2004, he had 73.
1: Oh, I thought he meant all time.
0: No, no, no. Okay, I was like, but what? <laughs> anyways, sorry about that. Uh, I'm gonna take Juan Soto. I think it's very possible, Corbin Carroll could be number one on this list, but the discipline is just something that never goes away. in the great ones. And I think Juan Soto is a great one. So he's my number one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a fun conversation to have because of, uh, I like how you talked more about Juan Soto there, (laughs) even
0: though you're supposed to, well, I had to give my, uh, you know, it's out in the open. We know who's one and two for both of us. It's trying to prove my case
1: yeah that's well uh we always talk about how young Juan Soto is and that he's 24 years old and he's been in the big leagues for what five years now at this point yeah. and he's this generational player uh, and he is but he's number two for me uh and his walk rate you know strikeout rate is something that is definitely going to be something that's talked about when it goes to the all-time grades. he's walking nearly 20 percent of the time strikeouts have gone up but that's you know, we're not going to see a guy unless ex- you're Louisa rise like uh, Tony Gwynn ever again, because that's just not possible in today's game. Uh, he's, you know, gotten a lot better over this last month or two when you look at what he started the season at. So I just think that's definitely, you know, a a, a stepping stone if you want to, to put Juan Soto at the number one spot. But I'll get into my number one guy when I get into him. But Juan Soto, I don't want to give him any, you know, shortcomings or anything like that. This dude's amazing. He is in a crazy fun player to watch when he's a free agent or whatever happens to him is definitely going to be something that's going to be looked at when it comes to, you know, 400 million, 450 million. How many years is he going to be getting? Is he going to be a free agent when he's 25? He's amazing. He's great for baseball. Even though a lot of people hate him for some reason, uh, Juan Soto at two, because number one, man, this motherfucker is unreal. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about Soto or anybody here?
0: Well, I'm, I kind of did my, my comment. I thought you would talk about mostly Corbin Carroll. So okay. I want to talk about mostly, but okay. Uh, let's see. Juan Soto is great. <laughs> All right. He's the
1: best, uh, best left fielder. Number one for me, it's Corbin Carroll. And I think we're going to get to the point where it may not even be close here in a couple of years. Cause Corbin Carroll is two years younger than Juan Soto and we always talk about how young Soto is and Corbin Carroll's a rookie but this dude is freaking ridiculous when you look at the last 15 games alone we'll just look at that real quick He's uh he's batting you know just under 400 slugging percentage at 8 840 15 home runs over the last 15 games uh but let's look at the whole season why not shall we A 159 WRC plus is 17 points higher than Soto. He has a 3.2 war, which is 1.2 higher than Juan Soto. I know the walk rate isn't crazy, but strikes out less than Juan Soto. He uh, hits for a better average than Juan Soto. This is true. Smugs the ball way more than Juan Soto. I love that these two dudes are in the, in the same division because we're going to get this conversation for the next few years when it comes to these two, these two guys and who's better. But I mean, Corbin Carroll, I know his arm strength isn't kind of, isn't the best, but when it comes to the other four tools, he is top. I don't want to say top 10, but he he's in the top probably 10% when it comes to each of those tools. When obviously speeds number one or number two, Powers up there, contact and fielding is up there as well too. Corbin Carroll's gonna be ridiculous, uh, and he's like I said at the beginning, only twenty two years old. So uh, just wait when this dude's twenty four, and we'll see what Juan Soto's doing when did when he's twenty four and the season's all said and done. But uh Corbin Carroll might might say fuck it, you know, twelve hundred OPS. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. Uh, he's amazing. That's all I gotta say.
0: All right. Uh, great talk about Corbin Carroll. Definitely has the potential to be one of the greats.
1: All righty. All-star pitchers. We got 30 of them, nine starters and six relievers from each. I was about to say conference from each league. <laughs> yeah, I start yeah. off with the AL. Uh, I don't really know how exactly you want to order this. So I guess we'll just go guy by guy. We don't have to go super deep into each of them because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. First one, easy one, Shane McClanahan.
0: Yeah, he's probably going to be my starter for the American League. Yeah.
1: Uh, another guy I have on here, Framber Valdez. Really yes, easy as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy you should also easily have, Nathan E. it has been uh-huh. great for the Rangers so far. Uh, next one, seems like he's there every year. That's Garrett Cole. Absolutely. Uh, next one, Captain Jack Sparrow, Joe Ryan. I did not have a spot
0: for him. We'll get into who made it for me later.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, next one I have, leading the AL and ERA, that's Eduardo Rodriguez. Been amazing for the Tigers so far. Yep. Uh, next one, third in the AL and ERA, that's Sonny Gray, who's been mm-hmm. great for the Twins. Uh, next guy, leading the American League in strikeouts, that is Kevin Gosman. And then the last starter I had was Luis Castillo, ace for the Seattle Mariners. So one difference. Gather, Who do you have?
0: Yeah. So I ended up going with Shohei Otani over Joe Ryan. It was really close. Joe Ryan was one of those guys where if I had another spot and he's a guy who likely will get in no matter what we say, he's a great pitcher. We're just, uh, you know, talking about pitchers today. But Shohei Otani, I I think is having just as great of a season and is also a hitter. Yeah. So it's hard for uh, me to skip them.
1: I'd say Shohei gets in as a DH this year, even though we know for a fact yeah. he'll get in as both because that's what the MLB does.
0: All right. So I guess, you know, same six or seven guys.
1: Yeah. yeah. Moving on to the relievers in the AL. First one is somebody that you should definitely have, and that's Felix Batista. Of course. Uh, next one is a dude who has gone 17 for 17 and saved so far this year for the Los Angeles Angels. That's Carlos Esteves. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest uh, riser this year. Out of yeah, dude, who will get players. a card
0: for sure. I'm going to be the show.
1: Yeah. Next one is a dude who throws, a, I don't know, 108 or something like that. That's <laughs> Johan Duran of the Minnesota Twins.
0: Actually, uh, didn't have him in here.
1: That's ridiculous. Uh, Emmanuel Classe, who leads the AL in saves, is on my list. Don't have him either. Wow. Uh, Yannir Cano, who has been amazing for the Baltimore Orioles, the only non-closer that I have on the, my list.
0: I have you near Cano.
1: And then the last guy I had was Jordan Romano, closer in the six for the Toronto Blue Jays.
0: Didn't have him either.
1: So you have three different people. Skyler, who do you got?
0: Yeah, I got Brian Abreu, Houston, one ERA, awesome in the in the seven eight inning roles, and similar with Michael King. Michael King, I can trust. I don't know if you talked about Rawls Chapman. That's my third guy. Sorry, I was out of order. Ross Rawls- Chapman valid. will be there. That's,
1: yeah. I'm 100 percent okay with that. Yeah. All right, right. let's go to the NL now, where even though this dude has, we're starting off with starters, even though his ERA is not great, he has 121 strikeouts leading the MLB. That's Spencer Strider, who I have. Of course. Next up is a guy who has a ton of strikeouts as well, too, uh, and has been a bit streaky, I'd say, when you look at it. Uh, That's Mitch Keller.
0: Yeah, he's on the list.
1: Uh, let's take a break here for a second because the A's have just taken down the Tampa Bay Rays. Ken Waldchuk three innings save and the A's have won six in a row and they're absolutely rolling right now. Oh yeah. Uh, so shout out to the green and gold and tomorrow, Tuesday, June 13th. Remember the date. Cause it's going to be a fun one at the Coliseum. I'll be there. I'll be there as well too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next guy though, getting back into our all-stars. Zach Gallon. This one should be pretty obvious. He's been great. It wouldn't be an NL all-star team if it didn't have Clayton Kershaw on it. That one's a given.
0: He's going to start the game, man, if he wants
1: to. Probably. Uh, Number five that I had was Logan Webb.
0: Mm -hmm. The Rocklin Hammer or something like that.
1: Ace fan growing up. So shout out to Logan Webb. Also a Raider fan as well, too. Uh, next Rockland guy, that's the, what it
0: is. Sorry, Rockland Thunder
1: <laughs> leading the NL in ERA. That's Marcus Stroman. Whether mm-hmm. he's a Cub or not, and maybe he's pitching on the AL All Star team. We'll see. But uh, Marcus Stroman coming for in Baltimore. on this list, too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, number seven, the NL Ground Ball King. That's Bryce Elder, who I had on this list.
0: Didn't have a spot for him. Well, the guy, he'll be there. But you know, for the sake of this exercise. Didn't, didn't have a spot for him.
1: This guy, the next guy that I had, uh, only has one win this year. I know wins aren't really the best stat, uh, to kind of tell who will be in the all-star game or not, but he strikes out a ton of people. And I think he deserves to be there. That's Hunter green. Didn't have him. Uh, and then the last guy that I had was me and Skyler's pick to win NL Cy Young in 2025 or 2026. That's Josiah gray.
0: I love it, but I wasn't thinking like that. I have Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, and Jesus Lazardo. Just I picked pretty much who I thought were the were the top dogs this
1: season so far. yeah. Well, eh. uh, yeah, so Elder, Green, and Gray are the only ones that we have different. He's got a mm-hmm. few different guys, but then again, we're also like we got the majority of the guys the same. Uh moving on to the NL relievers last segment here. Starting off with perhaps the easiest choice out of any guy right now, Devin Williams.
0: Yeah, giving <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah.
1: up one run in 21 and two thirds innings so He's far. He's that dude. Uh, next up, the guy that he used to set up for, Josh Hader. Absolutely. I think I might have said that wrong. Says so that set up for. I don't know. He, so he was to the setup right man now. for. Yeah uh next up not edwin diaz but alexis diaz is on this list pretty easy as well is two he perfect the better of the brothers right now <laughs> <laughs> uh next one should be pretty easy as well too that's camilo doval who's been amazing yeah. for the Giants so far this year uh last guy or not the last guy second class guy david benar mm-hmm. those two should be a pretty much layup here all five then, of those guys shoved by the way yeah and then this is where it gets a little interesting. I think there's quite a few guys that you can slot into the sixth spot uh, and be okay with. I went with David Robertson. Who's having a resurgence of a year for the New York Mets.
0: Me too. I love David Robertson here. He was a guy who, you know, if you told me the Mets were going to struggle like this, I would go immediately to the bullpen. And uh, David Robertson's held his own so far. You know, I didn't think he'd be closing games for a, a quality team at, at his age. And he's still doing it, man. Respect.
1: Yeah. Let's also give a shout out to Jesse Chavez, who has been yeah. absolutely dominant for the Atlanta Braves so far. One five, five year in 29 innings, 36 strikeouts from a guy who's never really been known as a strikeout dude. So shout out to yeah. Jesse Chavez. Maybe he gets a nod because we know the Braves fans. We go crazy for him in like a last vote or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, But those are our all-star pitchers so far. Still about a month away from the all-star game. So Probably not going to be a last list that we have of that, but let's go ahead and get into the second half now with Scatter's talk about the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, it's the second half and we only got one thing we really need to talk about on this, you know, shortened episode here on a kind of a weird night for us, but it's the Denver Nuggets night. They win the NBA Finals four games to one against the Heat, 94 to 89 win today. And the MVP was Joker, of course. He averaged 30 points and 14 rebounds per game. Just one more thing to blow your mind. He's the only player in NBA history to lead the entire playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists.
1: Really? I feel like LeBron would have done that. I know,
0: you would think, right? But I guess the assists go down for some of the score-first guys once they get to the finals. Yeah, I mean, even Jokic only had four assists today, but he was still dishing it out there. Um, but just a ridiculous performance this is one of those those series i feel like we're going to look back on and go well you you really don't think jokic is a top whatever player of all time what about that series where he just destroyed everybody in the league yeah. and when I, I mean playoff run not series you know what i mean but uh you know awesome for him what what do you think about jokic's legacy after a game like this series like this
1: it's Season. Uh, it's it's kind of an interesting spot because you know, he's definitely in that discussion of all-time great. Uh but that all-time great list, you know, what does that mean you're top 50, top 30? You know, what what is that level? Uh cuz there's a ton of all-time greats when you look at the yeah. NBA. I think definitely in the discussion of the greatest European player of all time, multiple yeah. MVPs and now this ring as well too. I think if you get another ring, you can definitely cement yourself over a, a guy like uh Dirk. But then again, yeah, you know, there's another European dude who's been going crazy over these last few years, and that's Luka Doncic. And then, I guess technically we got another Giannis. European dude yeah. coming down the the pike as well too with uh, Victor Wembenyama. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Giannis as well too. But yeah. uh, yeah, man. I mean, we've seen the NBA grow as a global game. I think that's something that's that we really got to talk about here as well too with. You know, we said the greatest European players of all time. we mentioned a dude who's not even in the NBA yet. We mentioned a dude who's, what, 23 years old in Luka Doncic. We mentioned a dude who's 27, 28 years old in Giannis and as well in Nikola Jokic too. So it's definitely became more of a global game, I guess. Uh, You know, Joel Embiid is another guy that you put on that. uh, Not European, but not non-American list. Uh, We're not counting the Canadians because, fuck, that's... (laughs) technically America. It's not the United States of America, but it is It is North America. So uh, there's that. But uh, it's definitely become a lot more global. We'll say that.
0: We have joked about certain things with the NBA, about it being scripted or the CBA being terrible. But I think uh, it's important to to look at some of these comparisons. I mean, the NFL is headed in a direction right now where the only players that are going to go in the first round are players that look and run and lift like DK Metcalf uh, and the NBA, you know, I kind of thought it would go that way with all the shooting and the great athletes and LeBron, of course, his resurgence with, with Cleveland. Unfortunately, we got to talk about that as golden state fans, but a guy like Jokic is right now. He's, he's on top of the world. He's on top of the league right now. And, uh, and he don't give a fuck. He's he, just doesn't. There. he doesn't care. So like, awesome we'll season, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, even as a, a fan of a West coast team, I'm not upset with Denver winning cool series.
1: So I'll I'll ask you this question. I'll put you on the spot real quick. Being as that we are an outlandish hour after the finals has ended Mm -hmm. the way, way, way too early NBA finals pick for next year. Who do you got
0: the way, way too early finals pick? Um, Well, We'll start with the West. I think that's a little little more compact here. I think the Lakers are going to go on another run. I don't think they'll get as far, though. Memphis might not have jaw the entire year. So Denver and the Warriors and Phoenix, I think, are going to be in a weird little thing. And Sacramento and Dallas, and they're going to be just on the outside. So I'm going to go with, with Denver goes back to the finals, but they lose to Giannis again.
1: How about Skyler, that? Yeah. I'm about to make the most outlandish prediction okay. of all time. And if this lands, this is something that we're we'll gonna be looking at in the record books, Skyler. All right. Uh, I'm scared to say it. I'm scared to say it, dude. The San Antonio Spurs <laughs> over the Milwaukee Bucks. It's 2024. and 2029, finals. bro? Victor Wembenyama has the greatest rookie season in NBA history and wins an NBA championship in his rookie year.
0: That'd be something. You trying to put
1: him on the Tim Duncan path? I mean, they got Keldon Johnson. They got Romeo Langford.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, you know I would love that, but I, I just think that's asking a little if too If that much. happens, though...
1: <laughs> We're posting this shit over and over. But then again, they might win fifteen games. Victor plays like six of them because he I don't know, he does and something that
0: gets shut down playing in the Drew League.
1: Yeah, whatever's going on. So uh if that's right, I mean fuck, man.
0: It's definitely gonna get, get weird in the next couple of years, though. We're not gonna see the same teams up there at the top anymore with the new CBA. You can only have your two guys and the rest of your team is gonna rotate every couple of years. It has to. You can't afford any other way.
1: Maybe contracts go down. I don't know. People are getting paid a lot of money to not play you basketball. Do you think the players
0: would let that happen?
1: Uh, I think I'd make that happen because I'm the commissioner.
0: All right. Well, All I got right. nothing else about the finals. Congrats to the Nuggets. Congrats to Jokic, man. I did it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into our bets. But not Mookie. Uh, good, last call. week, pretty good week. Uh, rough week for my layup though. I had the Yankees over the White Sox on Wednesday. Seemed like a lock. Lance Lynn was pitching, ended up getting ra- rained out. Completely threw off the mojo. They play the next day. Yankees lose. Um, fuck the Canadian Fires. Fuck Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, rough, rough there for for the Yankees. Skyler had Baltimore over Kansas City on Friday. Baltimore ended up sweeping Kansas City. Yes, sir. So that should be pretty obvious on what happened in that one. This week, I went with the Yankees over the Mets on Wednesday, which is in two days from now. Considering that we are recording on Monday night, that's Garrett Cole versus Justin Verlander. No judge, no Pete Alonso in this series, so I think it really comes down to pitching with these two teams. And Garrett Cole has been a lot better than what Justin Verlander has been this year. So give me GC in a battle between the two former teammates.
0: All right. Uh, I'm also going with a little bit of rivalry here. Chicago, the Cubs over the Pirates on Thursday. That's Stroman against Oviedo. I trust Stroman to take down the Pittsburgh lineup. Like we were talking about, they're not struggling per se, but they're, they're definitely not hot right now. Pittsburgh, they just lost a bunch of games to the A's. So picking the Cubs.
1: Last week, uh, bold predictions. I guess we'll go back the week before that too. Cause I did have Miami loses yeah, yeah. to the nuggets in five games. Congrats by the way. And that hit. So, yeah, you know, when it comes to that championship level, when it, whether it's the MLB, uh, or the NBA finals, you know, I kind of got that going on. I'm never going to let go of that. Solaire pick, but, uh, that was money last was Ozuna week. pick. Oh, he's coming around a little bit. Ozuna from the Braves, uh, Last week, though, I had Cincinnati over the Dodgers on Wednesday. That was Brandon Williamson's start versus Noah Syndergaard. And Syndergaard was terrible. Williamson was terrible. But the Cincinnati Reds' bullpen was amazing. And the Reds ended up winning it off a Will Benson walk-off home run, an absolute electric moment for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, so that's green for me. Skyler has TCU to the College World Series, finishes in the top six. Explain that for me, Skyler.
0: Yeah, so... uh Last week I talked a little bit about my college baseball pick was going to be my bold prediction TCU to the College World Series. That happened this weekend actually. They swept Indiana State even though they were the higher seed. Awesome. That's the first part of my bet. So I must keep it rolling and say they finish in the top 6. That means they have to win a game against Oral Roberts on Friday. And uh this just this perfect for my bet. Oral Roberts definitely the the lowest seed in the tournament left available compared to these other powerhouses and it, you know it's no disrespect they have just as you know equal opportunity to win this whole thing but tc was hot they haven't lost a game in a very long time they've been killing everyone they finished in the top six they beat oral roberts and after that i don't really care
1: hey <laughs> yeah, man Also oh, before we get into bull prediction yeah. uh for me yeah, while we were talking about a college world series shout out to stanford Just won the super regional, head into the College World Series again. Hopefully, we get it done this time because we've had some really rough losses in the College World Series these past few years. Uh, But the boys are back: Drew Bowser, Eddie Park, Brady Montgomery. Let's fucking do this thing! Uh, Get the job done, and uh, you know, get a dub for the Cardinal. Yeah. Uh, This week, though, Bolt predictions. Not too often when you're going to get plus odds with Yuri Perez on the mound, and that's what they're going to get because they are in Seattle. Going against up, going up against Luis Castillo. So I'm taking the Miami Marlins. I'm taking the guy who's 20 years old and who has been absolutely dominant in his first six or seven starts in the big leagues. Give me the Marlins, man. They've been playing good baseball. Seems like a fun game. Yeah, man. Tune into that one. I will not be able to tune into that one, unfortunately. Uh, uh, I'll be working, but uh, maybe I'll have it on my Apple Watch I'm watching it there. All right, that's well. gonna do it for episode 144 it's nine thirty. 30 I mean it's got a bit delusional because that's not podcast time no and uh shout out to the A's. shout out to the cardinals not the cardinals the cardinal uh I remember you telling me about the commentator I was saying yeah, that
0: yeah he would there was a commentator for for the regionals uh Fullerton against Stanford he would apologize like profusely three four times in a row about accidentally calling them the cardinals i think you're okay bud.
1: Yeah. Close enough uh but that's gonna do it for episode 144 we'll see you guys in eight days for episode 145 should be a fun, fun one we're we're midway through june now together, so we're getting closer and closer to football yeah. uh next week though fuck man besides yeah. the top 10 center fielders i have no clue what we're gonna talk about. hey we'll about, find so. out who didn't show up to mandatory camp yeah we'll figure out who's doing what in the world baseball class not the world baseball classic the college world series mm-hmm. and uh i guess we'll go from there
0: all right great talking to you kyle
1: yeah and see as you guys next week go ways yes sir stay hot